first phrase of that song is the theme for today. How can I say thanks for the things you've done for me? That there are a few questions in life more important than that. How can I say thanks? In the Bible, thanksgiving is more than a compilation of blessings. It, it's more than that. I remember that old gospel song we used to sing during my growing up years. Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. That's a good song to sing. And that's a good thing to do, to count your blessings, as long as it doesn't stop there. The danger is that we will look at life moment by moment, analyzing blessings. Let our circumstances determine the extent of our gratitude. We can say, oh, oh, that's a blessing. I thank God for that. We look over there and say, oh, that's a bummer. I'm not grateful for that. <laughs> so gratitude becomes a sometime thing. On again, off again, sometimes grateful, sometimes not. And that's not the approach of the Bible. The Bible says, be thankful for all blessings. Thanksgiving must become a, a way of life, a, a constant attitude of the heart. And it should be continuous. So that's why Paul wrote in his first letter to the church at Thessaloniki, Rejoice always. Give thanks in all circumstances. Do you understand? When we approach it in the right way, Thanksgiving has got to be an approach to life, an attitude of the heart. For the person who has that kind of attitude, all of life is a gift. We think about it, so much of life is beautiful, joyful, <coughs> life-giving. All of that is evidence of God's extravagant love for us. And there's so many myriad ways in which God expresses that love. Think about it. God did not have to create a world of color. You ever thought about that? Everything could be dull gray. God could have created just one kind of tree, one kind of flower, or not one at all. God could have, could have put just one star in the sky, could have made all sunsets exactly alike. God did not have to create a world of such rich variety, but such is the generosity of God that as long as we live, we will be experiencing newness, new sights, new tastes, new smells, new experiences. So I invite you to open your eyes. No, open all your senses and experience this world that God has made filled with so many, so many wonderful things. Think about the fact that you and I did not have to be. The fact that we are, rather than are not, should be a reason to be grateful for everything that follows. Even the difficult times of life can be occasions for thanksgiving because the capacity to experience pain and sorrow and disappointment, even the experience of those things is better than not being able to experience anything. One of the things I'm most thankful for is my capacity to be grateful. Because when I'm grateful... I go about every day looking for things to be thankful for. And when God's blessings are received with gratitude, somehow they are enlarged. And our experience of all those blessings is therefore enriched. I think how impoverished are those people who are not thankful. I think about that man who said, why should I thank God for those things I work so hard to acquire? <coughs> I work for that. Doesn't understand. I'm sorry for him. The person without gratitude has a shriveled up heart. Paul asked a key question, and I ask it of you. What do you have that you have not received? What do you have that you have not received? The answer is nothing. 
Everything good in life we have received. And all of us who are people of faith know that when you trace everything good back to its source, everything good in life has its origin in a loving Heavenly Father's love for His children. Back when I was a young man, there was a, I memorized a poem, Maltby Babcock. I've never forgotten it. Back of the loaf is the snowy flower, and back of the flower, the mill. And back of the mill is the wheat and the shower and the sun and the Father's will. Trace everything back to its source. You'll find its good source is in God's love for us. So the more we understand that, the more we become aware of just how many blessings they are, and the more we are able to allow them to enrich our life. So I repeat, life of thanksgiving is more than just taking an inventory. It's an outlook. It's, it's an attitude of the heart. It's the old idea, is the glass half full or is it half empty? Obviously, your answer to that depends on your point of view, your, your general outlook on life. It has become abundantly clear to me that what you look for in life, you tend to find. I'll say that again. What you look for in life, you tend to find. The person who sees the glass half full will always look for more blessings, and therefore his life will be enriched as a result of that. Uh, in fact, we might even say, you have to be grateful before you can become aware of all things for which to be grateful. You have to look for them. It's an attitude. John Wesley learned about that when he was a student at Oxford. It's a remarkable story. Listen, a young man knocked on his door one night and wanted a conversation with John Wesley. So he invited him into his room, and they talked for a while. And, and he noticed that the old man had a very thin coat on, and it was a cold winter night. So he, he suggested that he'd better get another coat. And the young man said, this is the only coat I have, and I thank God for it. Wesley asked him if he'd eaten dinner. He said, I've only had nothing but water to drink today, but I thank God for that. Wesley began to be uneasy in the presence of this young man. He reminded him he'd better get back to his room pretty soon or he might get locked out. Then what would you have to be thankful for, he said. The young man said, then I will thank God that I have dry stones to sleep on tonight. Wesley was moved. He said, you thank God when you have nothing to wear, nothing to eat, and no bed to lie on? What else do you thank God for? The young man said, I thank God that he's given, given me life and given me a heart to love him and a desire to serve him. Wesley was so impressed that that young man left Wesley's apartment with a new coat, <laughs> with some money for some food to buy, um, some money to buy for food, and words of appreciation for his witness. And later that night, Wesley wrote in his journal, he was everything that happened to him he wrote about, wrote in his journal, I shall never forget that man. He convinced me that there is something in religion to which I am a stranger. In so many ways, that young man was deprived. In so many ways, life was difficult for him. And yet he found it in his heart to be thankful. That's what Paul was getting at. Give thanks in all circumstances. It's not just an inventory of blessings. It's an attitude of the heart. St. John of the Cross once said, One act of thanksgiving when things go wrong. It's worth a thousand things go well. That gets at the biblical approach to thanksgiving. Biblical thanksgiving is an attitude, uh, an approach of the heart. It finds a way to thank God for his presence, for his grace, his blessings, his strength, and to thank God for all of that even in the difficult times of life. My mother helped me to understand something of that. 
And I have to say, more than any other person in my life, my mother was a powerful influence. She grew up on a farm, large family, and lived her early life on the ragged edge of poverty. <laughs> then she married a Methodist preacher and things didn't get any better. <laughs> <laughs> never had much money, never had many material possessions. She lost her firstborn child in an influenza epidemic, and she almost died in that same influenza epidemic. Uh, I, I learned later in my life that after her first daughter died, uh, everyone was so afraid of influenza that she was abandoned and had to experience her grief all alone. They would bring a plate of food and leave it outside her door, and almost at death she would have to get up and crawl the door by herself to get food to eat. That was the early tragedy. Parsons of Jesus we lived in were often in poor repair. I, I have vivid memories as a child of taking every pot and pan that we owned and putting them under places where the roof was leaking in times of pain. That's the way she lived most of her, all of her life. I'd never heard her complain. She just did whatever was necessary. Through it all with that beatific smile. And I heard her so many times quote what was probably one of her favorite scriptures, again from Paul in King James English. That's one she have had. I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. After my father died, I went to visit my mother in the nursing home. By that time in her life, she was mostly blind and almost totally deaf. One day I asked how she was, and she said, well, it, it's lonely. Daddy and I were married for almost 70 years, and he's not here. I thought about that, and I leaned over, and I hugged her, and I assured her of my love. And then I replied, you know, you taught me to trust that God is always with us, and we were promised my grace is sufficient for you. And then there was that beautiful smile, and she said simply and magnificently, I have found it so. You understand then what I mean when I say I'm grateful that I'm able to be grateful. Food is tastier. Relationships are richer. And all of life is so much better when you're able to approach it all with a grateful heart. But if we're grateful, the question remains, how can I say thanks? How, how can we give expression to our gratitude? One way is by passing on the gifts that we've received from God, passing on those gifts to others. Now, that's one of the most important of all biblical principles. We are blessed by God, not so we can indulge ourselves. No, no. We are blessed by God so that we can then be blessings to others. Jesus said, to whom much is given, much will be required. It's a kind of spiritual tag. God blesses me. He tags me. I'm it. <laughs> so it's my responsibility being it to go around tagging somebody else. So we receive the blessing from God and then we pass them on to others. Robert Newell writes about a man who was driving along a country road one day and it started raining. And, and he went into a skid and into the ditch. And although he tried everything, he just couldn't get out. And uh, a few minutes later, another car approached and saw the condition this man was in. He stopped his car. He offered his help. And what he did was he, he, he backed up to where the first car was in the ditch, opened his trunk, and took out a long, stout piece of rope. He tied one end of the rope to the, to the car in the ditch, <coughs> tied the other part of the rope to his back fender, back back bumper, 
got into the car and pulled the man out of the ditch. Of course, the man who had been helped expressed his gratitude, but, but he felt like there was something more he ought to do. So he offered to pay the man. He said, I don't want to do that. But he just insisted, I want, I want to do something to express my gratitude. And so the second man said, if you really want to express your gratitude, then buy a piece of rope and always carry it with you in your trunk. <laughs> we are blessed. We are tagged. So we are to pass the blessings on to others. If we know that we're loved, then we are to love. If we have been forgiven, we are to forgive. If we know that we've been given to, then we are to give. If we have been blessed, then we are to be a blessing to others, passing it on. Now, while that's essential to live out our gratitude like that, it, it's also important to verbalize our gratitude. <laughs> one way of saying thanks is just to say thanks. <laughs> Thanksgiving is one of my favorite times of the year. Uh, it, it, it's a family time. It's a time to be together and just talk and enjoy being together. I think family is one of God's greatest gifts. When we gather around that, that Thanksgiving table, we all join hands and we acknowledge the source of all the blessings in life. And, and I'm quite sure that in the midst of all the, the laughter and the enjoying being together, all of that, it's important to acknowledge the source of it all. And I'm just as sure of this as I'm sure of everything, that after saying thanks, the food always tastes better. <laughs> and the love always feels better. It's good to say thanks, not, not just on Thanksgiving Day. Once we develop the Thanksgiving approach to life, we begin to look for things to be grateful for, and we will begin to feel gratitude and to say thanks every day of our lives. Now, that, that's not a bad prayer, you know. Meister Eckhart said, if the only prayer you say in your whole life is thank you, that will suffice. Let me say it again. If the only prayer you say in your entire life is thank you, that will suffice. It happened a number of years ago. I'll never forget it. Five or 6,000 Methodists gathered in Fort Worth, Texas for a time of celebration. Uh, that was one of the most exhilarating experiences of my life. At the opening worship service, Bishop Woody White gave the sermon. Woody, Woody White was a black bishop from Illinois. And in the sermon, he told about a visit he made to Africa to Zimbabwe. He was invited there to speak to a group of Methodist women, and he told about how Christianity in that part of Africa is so joyful, so alive, so exhilarating. That's one of the fastest growing parts of the Christian church in Africa. Anyhow, he told about his going to speak to this group of, of women, and, and they met every Friday, and, and they would walk to their meeting, and, and they would all wear uniforms, all white uniforms to express their joy and to signify their oneness. And as they walked to their meeting, they would sing. And so when Bishop White was there, they sang a song for him. They sang it first in English and then in Shona. And he taught it to us, and I'm going to teach it to you. It goes like this. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. Alleluia. Amen. Words are pretty simple. <laughs> sing it. Sing it with me. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Again, thank you, Father. Amen. 
Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. Alleluia. Amen. Now, that's a good song to sing all throughout every day. And when I've taught that song to other congregations, people have told me later, they taught it to their families and they sang it around their Thanksgiving table. Not a bad thing to do. Think, just think of the gift of life, the beauty of this wondrous world. Think, think of the rich diversity of God's gifts to you. Think about so many good things God has placed here for our enjoyment. And specifically, think about those things that are special to you. Now, those things that bring a smile to your face and a delight to your heart. You think about all of that and you want to sing. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. Alleluia. Amen. Think about all the relationships of life. Family, friends, special people to love and to be loved by. What a gift. That makes us want to sing. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. Alleluia. Amen. Think about God. Think about all that God has done for us. In spite of our unworthiness, God has never abandoned us, never forsaken us. God is always with us, and his grace is sufficient for our every need. And out of his great love for us, God sent Jesus to us to redeem us and to bring us home for him. When I think about all that Jesus has done for me and when I think about where my life would be without him, I just have to sing. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. Alleluia. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for your love and for the many generous expressions of that love. Thank you for the privilege of expressing our thanks by the way we live, by having a part in all the loving things you're doing, and by simply saying, thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you. What a great message for this coming week and always, actually. And you'll have to forgive me. I have two things to say in our closing. God put these in front of me, so I have to do it. So please excuse me. Last night we were at a party for Bill's 85th birthday for Billy's old boss. And um, we were at the um, aquarium. They have a ballroom there. It's wonderful. I didn't know that. Anyway. Uh, and this was around the candles on the table. So indulge me. It fits so well today. Like I said, God put this in front of me. It's not happiness that brings us gratitude. It's gratitude that brings us happiness. And also, I have a sentence that someone gave me years ago that I keep on my refrigerator all the time. And forgive me, I'm going to try to get the grammar correct, and if I, if I don't, forgive me. Uh, what if we woke up this morning with only that which we had thanked God for yesterday? That's kind of profound when you think about it. Anyway, make it a great week, and remember, God loves you.